Good morning, it's Thursday, December 15th, and this is Finger Lakes Today, presented by DeSanto Propane. I'm Josh Durso. And I'm Nate Sharman. Coming up this hour, we have Auburn Superintendent Jeff Pirazzolo and Shana Carter from the Tobacco Action Coalition of the Finger Lakes. But first, we have some fun weather stories coming up, especially towards the end of this week. Josh, what do we know? Uh, so right now it's looking like later today and early tomorrow is the worst of the worst. So what do we know right now? Uh, winter storm warning for Cayuga, Seneca, Schuyler, Steuben, Tompkins, and Yates counties. Uh, 48 inches of snow, ice accumulation up to a tenth of an inch in those places. Uh, lesser as we go further to the west and north. Uh, winter weather advisories for all of those places. That includes Monroe, uh, Wayne, Northern Cayuga, uh, Livingston County, Ontario County. Uh, toughest commute, like I said, is going to be later this evening and tomorrow morning. Uh, I actually think tonight is going to be the worst. So if you're on the road, say between 5 o'clock and 8 o'clock tonight, doesn't mean it's going to be world-ending. Doesn't mean you're, you're going to be trudging through a foot and a half of snow. It just means you're probably going to need an extra 20 to 30 minutes on an hour drive. So give yourself a little extra of that uh, and you will be very okay. Uh, overnight, obviously, will be a little squirrely as well, but looks like things wind down, especially in the western part of the Finger Lakes region, uh, pretty quickly tomorrow. It'll take a little longer for it to slow down and subside uh, in the central uh, part of the Finger Lakes and then in central New York, obviously. So if you're traveling east, keep that in mind tomorrow. Um, but as far as that goes, really should start to see a, a reduction here by mid-morning. Yeah, Josh, I think it's really important what you said to just take extra time to get where go you need slow. to go. Go slow. And just go right? slow and, and be vigilant of other drivers and, and everything else going on. So thanks for that weather update. Let's get to some other headlines. It's come out that the Republicans in Waterloo have endorsed Walt Bennett Jr. in their race for mayor. Uh, what does that mean? So incumbent Jack O'Connor, who's obviously been mayor for the most recent term, uh, will have to uh, circulate petitions in order to uh, get on the ballot and force a primary. Uh, he believes he's done a good job. He seemed a little frustrated uh, per the reporting that we saw from the Finger Lakes Times and uh, the, the radio stations over the last 24 hours that Republicans did not support him. Uh, for their part, the Village Republican Party says that they uh, essentially took a took a temperature of the of the community, talked to some folks in the business uh, in the business community there, and this was what they wanted. They wanted to see the the village go another direction. It's interesting, I think, because. Um, Situations like this, I think, are very uh, pertinent to what have you done for me lately? And I think the biggest thing going against uh, O'Connor in this situation is that Waterloo has not made a ton of progress in the DRI fight. They want to be a finalist. They want to win. You, you want that $10 million from New York State while New York State's still handing out that $10 million, right? Uh, and thus far, Waterloo hasn't been able to, to get that uh, important win. So... You know, I, I think if Waterloo had won at some point over the last three or four years, maybe we're not having this conversation. Maybe the Republican Party in Waterloo is not having this conversation. But I'm not sure what that means for how uh, certain anyone is in the village that they have a chance to win in the next uh, year or so while we're still in this current administration. Okay, wow, that's certainly interesting. That's something we'll continue to cover here at <laughs> FingerLakes1.com. Uh, let's talk about the Fishers Fire District. We had uh, Fire Chief Daniel Chapman on the show earlier as Rebecca Swift sat down on Zoom with him. Yep. But now we have a new commissioner over at Fishers Fire District. Uh, who is it? Yeah, so uh, Anthony Carfagno uh, is that person. Uh, defeated Gene Crime in Tuesday's election. Uh, 642 ballots were cast. 
uh, and Carfagno won going away. It wasn't even close. So what does it mean? Uh, well, his platform was part of the Fisher's Taxpayer Coalition, which that group's entire focus essentially is cutting costs, saving tax dollars, and finding ways to merge or finding a way to merge with the Victor Fire Department. That last part is going to be very interesting because I'm not exactly sure what the temperature is in Victor and how much interest there is to merge. That's one of the things that we're following up with now to see. But the big change here for uh, the Fishers Fire District, which is a professional paid fire district, is that the commissioners that run it now have a 3-2 margin in favor of this platform, which is cut costs. So what does that mean for Victor and the Fishers Fire Districts? Uh, It'll be an, a very interesting uh, six months here as we go into 2023 because I think this group of three now, they have a majority on the, the commission. They're going to be working fast and furious to find ways to cut costs. All right. Wow. Thank you for that, Josh. We appreciate it. Uh, coming up after the break, we'll catch up with Shana Carter, who is the program director for the Tobacco Co Action Coalition Fund of the Finger Lakes. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Dr. Jeffrey Halstead and Canandaigua Dentistry. Dr. Halstead has been Canandaigua's hometown dentist for more than 35 years. If you're looking for a dentist who offers routine dental care, as well as cosmetic dentistry, implants, and dentures from a highly trained, experienced staff, Canandaigua Dentistry will go the extra smile for you. Committed to local veteran organizations, as well as seniors in the Finger Lakes, Canandaigua Dentistry offers discounts for both, as well as an in-house dental membership program for those without insurance. The office is located at 3240 Middle Cheshire Road in Canandaigua, or you can give them a call at 585-394-5230. Visit CanandaiguaDentistry.com to learn more about the team and follow on Facebook and Instagram today. As the months turn colder, make sure you're able to be comfortable. Don't get left out in the cold this winter. Choose DeSanto Propane. Over 8 million households already heat with propane because a propane furnace can heat air up to 25 degrees warmer than electricity. Propane radiant heat can improve air quality in a home by cutting down on dust and allergens and more. Choose DeSanto today and see why for 80 years, DeSanto Propane is four generations strong as a trustworthy family-owned business with unmatched customer service. Go online at DeSantoPropane.com for more info. D-I-S-A-N-T-O Propane.com or call toll-free at 1-800-752-4574 today. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, DeSanto. Since 1937, the difference has been DeSanto Propane. Today's program is brought to you thanks to support from Chichino's Pizzeria and Restaurant. Live, laugh, and eat well. It's the Italian way. It's the Chichino's way. Auburn Auto Group. Experience the difference at auburnautogroup.com. Finger Lakes Partners. Insurance for your life, home, auto, and future. Get a free quote at fingerlakesinsurance.com. Little John and Barbie Orthodontics. 
celebrating over 40 years. Visit them online at littlejohnortho.com. Upstate Fiber Networks, fast and reliable fiber internet straight to your home. Check for availability in your area at upstatefibernetworks.com. Midday, Miris, and Ricky, your hometown personal injury attorneys. Get a free consultation at midaymirisrigney.com. All right, welcome back to Finger Lakes Today. Yesterday, F01 reporter Rebecca Swift caught up with Shana Carter, who's the program director of the Tobacco Action Coalition of the Finger Lakes. Here's a piece of that conversation. I'm the program director for the Tobacco Action Coalition of the Finger Lakes. I began this position um, with the American Lung Association in June. So I'm very excited to be in this role because I'm also a nurse by trade um, with a background in health administration. So it's a great um, collaboration of my skill set. That sounds like a great collaboration. <laughs> um, so... Talk to me a little bit about um, some of the things that are top of mind for you right now. So top of mind with our coalition is the It's Not Just campaign. And that is a campaign where we are raising awareness to the inequitable marketing tactics of menthol um, to specific targeted communities. Right now, we are focusing on the LGBTQ plus community. But this campaign has been rolled out over... Um, three phases because there is targeting towards the youth, the African-American population, as well as the um, LGBTQ population. And can you talk to me about some of this targeting, like what it what it actually looks like and what it means? Yes. So targeting looks like um, historically there was a project that Big Tobacco used called Project SCUM, and that's S-C-U-M, and that's subcultural um, marketing that they use, it was an internal project where they particularly marketed to the LGBTQ plus community, those who had unstable housing and who were homeless. So it also included the other communities that I've listed before. And, and what it looks like if you were out in the public in stores, you will see all of these very colorful, um, flavorful products all over the counters. Um, the advertising is very youth friendly um, that's one population <laughs> that is a target. And the average um, new smoker is 13 years of age. In New York State, we have one in four high school students who are already vaping. So the marketing tactics are working. They are aware of what they're doing. And, you know, we want to bring awareness and start a conversation amongst our community as to these tactics so people know that they are targeted. And so um, I guess what can we all do? Like, um, you know, I guess someone like me, uh, so I'm not a parent yet, um, but if I were, I would be probably wondering what's the best way to have a conversation with my child about tobacco use. So like what would be your, I guess, advice for parents on how to um, have conversations have good and impactful and meaningful conversations with children. To be open and honest in the conversation, just to make them aware. Um, many youth, you know, may not be aware. Many people in the community may not be aware of different dangers of vaping. Um, we're out in the community and we are tabling at different schools, at different events in the community. And some of those people who do come and speak to us who are smokers or vapers, they're not aware that vaping also gives off secondhand smoke, 
a lot of people aren't aware of that um, fact that that can happen. Um, just having the awareness when you're out in public, seeing that those colorful things are attractive to the eye, more particularly maybe to the youth or even to an adult, and it's part of that marketing tactic that's used to draw you in. Um, the menthol itself is used because it's supposed to be flavorful and it makes you more apt to use it and harder to quit. So it's easy to draw you in and harder to quit. And, you know, Big Tobacco is looking at this generation of people as being their, you know, next group of addicts to their products. Yeah, it's a it's a tricky it's a tricky thing because it really is. I mean, there's addiction on we were just talking about on our show, just like about caffeine addiction. I mean, there's so many different addiction manifests itself in so many different ways. But it's really tricky. Like addiction is is tricky. It's easy to overlook, mm -hmm. <laughs> but hard to get caught into the cycle. I'm just throwing out some different statistics for you when we say that big tobacco is targeting these different populations. More specifically, the LGBTQ, they're using um, these products at a higher rate compared to their counterparts, as well as the African-American population. I believe they have one of the most alarming statistics where they're using menthol products at about 81% and compared to 29% of their counterparts. And that all goes back to the marketing, the targeting, and how Big Tobacco specifically uses the LGBTQ community appearance as an ally because they are funding pride events they are funding festivals they are funding hiv uh, research and work but they are also aware that um, those who live with hiv can progress to full-blown aids and smoking accelerates that and they are aware of that but they're allying with them to make it seem as if they're helping, but it's also drawing them into their products at the same time. So those those tactics can get very slippery because these communities may say, yes, they're funding us, they're supporting us, but they're also putting their products in your face and drawing you into using them. And so what do we know about uh, tobacco use in the Finger Lakes specifically? So the Finger Lakes, so our coalition covers Seneca, Ontario, Wayne, and Yates. Those are our areas. I know that Wayne County specifically is about double the rate in smoking as for the state. So the state is roughly at about 10% smoking rate. Wayne County is at about 20 plus. Um, we are doing a evaluation piece. It's a survey in Ontario County specifically. This year going into next year where we'll be surveying the community asking different questions about, you know, their attitudes about smoking tobacco, if they're aware of certain things, how they feel. Um, those things we do every year. Um, we typically focus on one or two catchment areas within our, our um, area. And that information we take and we use it to educate, like I said, our community, we use it to educate those local politicians who may not be aware of that. Look, in this county, you're your double New York State smoking rate. That's a concern. Um, we're focusing on Ontario, like I said, this year, they're our second highest smoking county. So we plan to take that education um, and compare it from the general population of Ontario County, but also looking at how does the LGBTQ compare? 
in those results. And that's information we plan to take back to our community and use to engage and educate. And um, so I guess, what would your message be for people? Like if they're, well, 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 you know what, before I, before I get into like your big message, um, might seem like a silly question, but why is, why is vaping bad for you? Vaping is bad because it's going to cause cancer. We know that um, tobacco use can cause over 16 different types of cancers. So that's, that's huge. When you think about these one type of products causing 16 different ailments that can affect you for the rest of your life. I know that, um, like I said, with the smoking, um, it accelerates um, HIV into AIDS. It also accelerates those lung issues into emphysema. And emphysema, um, easily explained, is just in a lung condition that causes shortness of breath. And a lot of people have to live with that the rest of their lives. So there's a lot of health ailments and things that can make you terminally ill from these simple, well, not simple products, but products that are particularly marketed out there to these communities. And so now moving forward to like, what's your big message? Like what most would you like people who are living in the Finger Lakes to know as the representative of the Tobacco Action Coalition? We want them to be aware. We want them to just have more conversation to be educated if they are not um, tactful is what we're known for shorthand. We are available as, as well as other resources. Um, if someone was looking to quit smoking, we would first recommend have that conversation with your healthcare provider because it's important and the best way to, to move forward in doing so. But we also are available in the, in the community to come out and educate in different types of platforms to the youth, to um, healthcare providers who may not be well versed in the tobacco realm, um, but just to have that conversation, just to be aware, we're not trying to lobby to ask for anything specific, but we just want to get that awareness out there and, and let this be known that it is a big concern and a big deal. Wonderful. Is there anything else that you want to add or anything that I should have asked you that I didn't? I don't believe so. I, I actually appreciate the opportunity to come and speak about it. I, I hope people who weren't aware of us before are now aware. Um, and if they'd like to reach out to contact, we are smokefreefingerlakes.org. That is our tactful website. If they are looking for support in quitting, as I said, speak with the healthcare provider first. But lung.org has a plethora of resources that can be used. I know there is a vape quit line, a text line, a smoking quit line. So there are resources available and sometimes people don't know where to start. So I wanted to put that out there. All right. Thank you, Rebecca, and welcome back here. Uh, it's time for sports. Uh, Nate, high school hoops. We had some action last night. Slow night. Wasn't that busy, right? Yeah, not a huge slate for the boys or, boys or the girls, to be quite frank. As the Clyde Savannah girls, they suffered their first loss of the season. And uh, we'll take a look at tonight's games, the biggest game um, on the slate, Romulus-South Seneca, a good little rivalry there on the girls' side. Uh, like I said, for the boys, pretty slow night. Actually, no games were scheduled. And uh, looking at tonight's slate, uh, a really good one that I have picked out here. Geneva is taking on Newark as they go into Newark. Uh, that'll be a really good game. Two top teams in the Finger Lakes East, in my opinion. Uh, that should be a really fun one. We'll have our eyes keep caught on that one. Kyle Evans will have the score for us on FingerLakes1.com tonight in his uh, nightly roundup. And the Bills are hosting the Dolphins on Saturday. What are you watching uh, as a fan out of that game? 
Um, it's really interesting because a lot's come out how it's going to be obviously very cold in Buffalo on Saturday. And uh, Mike McDaniel and some of the other Dolphin players have talked about how they're not really preparing differently for the cold. You know, they're kind of talking about it being a mind over matter uh, kind of thing for them, which I think is interesting because it, it definitely is, you know, that the, the perception of being cold can be sometimes a mindful thing. But, you know, they're used to playing in Miami. Last week they played in L.A. and they played and it was about 50 or 55 degrees and they had heated benches. So it's oh. going to be about 30 degrees cold, 30, oh. 35 degrees colder on Saturday night in Buffalo. So I'm interested to see how they kind of adjust for that and if, how that plays into the factor for the game. If you need heated benches at 50 degrees, what do you need at, what do you need at 25 with snow flying through the air? Yeah, it's, they asked uh, to attack of Iloa, that the quarterback for the Dolphins, they asked him about it, and he said, hey, guys, it snows in Alabama too. Oh, so. All right, well, not quite the same as in Buffalo. <laughs> uh, speaking of the Bills, uh, Cole Beasley, he's apologized. Uh, has, has he made amends with, with the city and fans? Yeah, I think, he, I think he did a decent job. He had an interview yesterday where he talked about, or press conference yesterday, where he talked about kind of some wishy, wishy way to go differently and go back in time and kind of different, differently talk about his, his time in Buffalo, whether that be on Twitter or in, or in different press conferences too. So, you know, a, a guy kind of turning back on his words a little bit, looking to say, you know, maybe I took this too far or I wish I had it back. And that's admirable to be able to, to say that and eat, eat your words to an extent a little bit. So, I'm okay with giving Cole Beasley the second chance, and I think it could have a huge impact on their offense, too, in terms of football. Yeah, of course. Uh, and obviously the past is the past. Right yep. now the, the Bills, I, I would think, Super Bowl. are only focused on closing out the regular season uh, in, a, in a strong way, right? Yep. Uh, okay, so uh, Sabres, Sabres winning ways, looking good. What's happening tonight? Yep, so they're in Colorado tonight, starting a little mini West Coast trip. Uh, puck drop at 9 o'clock, coming off a win on uh Tuesday night where they took down the Stars 6 nothing. so looking to kind of bounce off some positive momentum and, and keep it going through uh, this early part of the season. Why is it feast or famine for them? Why, why is it like oh, they're a young win team. a bunch or just lose a bunch? Nothing in between. Score a bunch. Yeah, they, they have had some, they've had some troubles with goaltending here and there. Uh, Craig Anderson's <laughs> played well. He played really well on Tuesday night at a 40-save shutout. Uh, the look to go probably back to the rookie tonight. Ukepeka-Lukanen will most likely be in goal, if I had to guess. Um, curious if based on what you're saying there, feel a little better long-term about the Sabres now then? Um, or it's still a lot of work to do? In There's the still a lot of work. Category. There's still some work to do. Um, there are a couple pieces away still. Got to find that goaltender. They got a couple young guys coming up through the ranks that could be good, but time will tell on that one. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, uh, golf, PGA, uh, PGA action this week, the PNC. Uh, what are you watching? I know what I'm watching. They're trying to Charlie-proof the freaking golf course what what do you what do you see in there i think everybody in the world is watching gonna be watching tiger woods right i mean this is we don't get to see tiger woods at this point in his career very much so we'll get to see him out there and even more fun watching him with his 13 year old son charlie woods and that's just so much fun to watch we had so many viral clips over the last two years of them playing together and yep they're moving him back to 6600 yards charlie will play the golf course at which is the same as john daly nelly corda and vj singh now incredible Mind you, if you look at the pictures, so obviously for the last, what, week and a half now, we've been seeing the, the clips on Instagram and Facebook yep. of Charlie last year and some of the great shots that he hit. Um, if you look at the, the recent shots of him, and I just mean like visual shots of him, this kid has grown a ton oh, in the sure. last year. He has absolutely exploded. So it's no, it's no surprise that the course is going to, what, set up about 600 yards further, longer. Yep. Uh, this time around than Played it did 6, last year. around 6,000 last year, I think, yeah, for him. Is that enough? 
I mean, I we we saw like a week and a half ago that uh, Tiger had said in a, I believe it was in a press conference, uh, that he's outdriven him a couple times, and I I understand like we're, this is Tiger we're talking a forty plus year old Tiger that we're talking about, but still, um, you know, to outdrive a professional golfer at thirteen years old with the rest of the game that seems to uh, be accompanying him, that's got to be a, impressive, right? It sure is, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, he's only 13 years old, and, he, and he's so polished in interviews. You know, they, they go to him, and they talk to him, and he has to be on his game every single time being, being in Tiger Woods' son. Oh, yeah. So oh, I, yeah. I think he just does a really good job. You know, we talk all, about, all the time about his antics on the course <laughs> and how he's such a professional there, but even in interviews and stuff, as a 13-year-old kid, he does such a great job with those. I like watching him. Can they win? Yeah, I think they can, definitely. Um, it's going to be tough, you know, playing that extra 600 yards. They they had some really, really uh, good opportunities last year, but we'll see with Tiger. I mean, we heard Tiger, you know, drop out of the hero just a few weeks ago, and he cited, you know, I can hit any golf shot you want. I just can't walk. Yeah. Plantar fasciitis. Yep. He's taking it a hits. card this week, and he did play pretty well in the match uh, last weekend. So, yeah, I would I would say they're among the favorites. For, I haven't take, taken a look at betting odds, but we'll, if I had to guess, they're up there. Anytime Tiger's playing, he's up there. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, my, my money would be on quite literally anybody else in the field at this point because I think it may be a scenario where we watch Charlie Woods carry his father around a golf course for three days. I like what you said about Charlie proofing the golf course. I like that term a lot because we've heard about Tiger proofing, right? So it makes sense to Charlie proof it too. Yeah. Hey. Uh, on the other side of the break, my conversation with Auburn Superintendent Jeff Pirazzolo about enrollment decline and what he believes is the answer. Since 1937, the difference has been DeSanto Propane. That's 80 years that DeSanto Propane has been servicing the community. DeSanto Propane is four generations strong as a trustworthy family-owned business, which is why everyone recommends DeSanto Propane. Choose DeSanto today and see why for 80 years, DeSanto Propane has been heating the community with unmatched customer service. Go online at DeSantoPropane.com or call toll-free 1-800-752-4000. 574 and like DeSanto Propane on Facebook for more tips and info today. DeSanto is celebrating 80 years and there's never been a better time to switch to propane to fuel your entire house. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, DeSanto. Since 1937, the difference has been DeSanto Propane. Dr. Jeffrey Halstead has been Canandaigua's hometown dentist for more than 35 years. Canandaigua Dentistry offers routine dental care, as well as cosmetic dentistry, implants, and dentures from a highly trained, experienced staff. A proud supporter of local veteran organizations, Canandaigua Dentistry offers veteran and senior discounts, as well as an in-house dental membership program for people without insurance. Dr. Halstead and Canandaigua Dentistry is committed to providing you with personal, professional care. Whether you are searching for a family dentist or a cosmetic dentist, 
The Canandaigua Dentistry team promises to go the extra smile for you. Stop by the office located at 3240 Middle Cheshire Road in Canandaigua or call 585-394-5230 to talk with the team today. Visit www.canandaiguadentistry.com to learn more and find them on Facebook and Instagram too. Today's program is brought to you thanks to support from Chichino's Pizzeria and Restaurant. Live, laugh, and eat well. It's the Italian way. It's the Chichino's way. Auburn Auto Group. Experience the difference at auburnautogroup.com. Finger Lakes Partners. Insurance for your life, home, auto, and future. Get a free quote at fingerlakesinsurance.com. Little John and Barbie Orthodontics. Celebrating over 40 years. Visit them online at littlejohnortho.com. Upstate Fiber Networks. Fast and reliable fiber internet straight to your home. Check for availability in your area at upstatefibernetworks.com. Midday Miris and Ricky, your hometown personal injury attorneys. Get a free consultation at midaymirisricky.com. All right, welcome back to Finger Lakes. Today, should there be countywide school districts? I asked Auburn Superintendent Jeff Pirazzolo that question as it relates to massive enrollment decline in schools across the region. His answer might surprise some of you. Check it out. The kind of the, the psyche of families and students, when you pull all those things together and you start to think about like long-term planning, um, what becomes the approach when that decline is kind of continuous? Like it's just, it's churning. It's, there's like a constant churn there for you. You know, one, one thing that I'm focusing on, Josh, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm not out into the community about it, is we have a, a great opportunity with Micron going to be right down the road from us, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think the educational advancements that we could be seeing in some of our counties, um, creating pathways for kids, you know, letting parents know that we're not only looking at the traditional education, but we're trying to put together an educational package that's going to be very beneficial for our children um, as they go in, you know, looking at, at more STEM curriculum at the elementary level, um, building up K through 12. But again, you know, I, I'm on a lot of committees right now um, in our county uh, for, you know, the development of Micron and what that can mean to, you know, all of our surrounding counties. And the educational focus is, is a very big part of the planning phase for Micron coming here. So, you know, I, I, I think that we've got to be a little bit out of the box on how we're educating. One focus that we're doing, Josh, that I'm, I'm working with CCC is creating these pathways for kids. Right now, we've, we've created a pathway for criminal justice in nursing. Um, we're looking to expand that into human resource, um, some type of technology, whether it's chip development or, or those pieces. But we want to continue to build these pathways. So when kids are in middle school, we can start the exposure piece, but then really get them focused in when they're in high school, getting those dual credits, the college and the high school credits together um, so that when kids actually graduate uh, as seniors, they can look at going on a, a two-year college track, 
four year or maybe be ready for the workforce immediately. And I, I think this is something that we can bring to our kids and bring to our community versus them going out looking at homeschooling or, or leaving our area. I, I think school districts do not, they, they need to be creative um, setting up these educational programs for kids. Does, I, I'm glad you took that, that, that question, that direction, um, because one of the things that I've seen a lot, especially online, um, is pushback against the system that exists right now, the, the traditional K through 12 system. Um, a lot of folks say the, the privatization that we're seeing in education is proof that the system doesn't work, that it's not effective. Um, students aren't, when they graduate, as ready for college as they have been in the past, or at least that's the perception. Um, when you think about some of the more you know, radical ways to, to create pathways, do you, do you, is there any other model in the world that you look at that could potentially be better, especially for students in those later years, high school age, to get them more ready for whatever is going to be next, maybe not necessarily higher education? Yeah, you know, and again, I don't want to say the system is completely broke, but it needs some serious enhancements, <laughs> um, some really serious enhancements. Um, and, and, you know, I use Micron as, as an example because it's relevant to upstate New York right now. Central right. New York, this is going to have a, a huge effect on surrounding counties when you're looking at Onondaga County, Oswego, um, Cayuga, um, Tompkins County, but it's going to go into Wayne County. It's, it's going to be all over, right? This is a, a huge piece for upstate New York. And, and Micron actually has their own curriculum. Um, and I believe out in Idaho where their main plan is, um, school districts across that area are already using it. And that is one piece that they're going to be bringing to our area and, and how we can take that curriculum and incorporate it into what we do right now. Um, you know, Josh, again, I, I go back and I sound like a broken record because I've been saying this for 20 years now. Um, life skills, soft skills, they're so important when, when we're educating kids. It, it, it's you know, taking the kid as a whole. It's not just reading. It's not just math. It's it's everything incorporated into it. You know, we, we want kids um, to be critical thinkers. And, and to be critical thinkers, we can't just keep throwing knowledge at them, right? We, we need to teach them other skills on, on how to go. But our teachers are overwhelmed because of the standards and the regents exams. And, and, you know, they always say, don't teach to the exam. Don't teach to the test. Don't teach. Well, guess what? When, when you hit, that's right. You know, and, and, and we've got to get away from that and really look at the child as a whole and how do we educate them. But life skills and those soft skills are such an important piece to that. And again, you know, you look at the decline over, you know, the declining enrollment you know, what, what has changed and what hasn't changed enough. And education's been the same for how long. So, you know, a, again, I, I think we need to find a way to bring our, our time. We still teach kids to memorize Christopher Columbus and dates and those things for what? 
you know, technologies right at their fingertips. You know, as long as we're teaching them effective ways to use technology and how to use it correctly, you know, yeah, you got to be able to write, you got to be able to do your math. But again, we have a lot of technology that can help us with that as well. So let, let's figure that out and really work at critically thinking. And my last question for you here, um, if the trend continues, if we continue to see the sort of declines that we've seen, you know, over the last 30, 40 years, um, you know, Auburn between 79 and 2019, you know, lost around 28%, another five, 6% in the last three years, you know, totaling out around 30 to 32%, we'll call it it's between 79 and 2022. I'm curious, like, what happens if the trend continues for a district, for any district, but like when you think about, uh, you know, the city of Auburn, your district, um, like what happens? What happens if that, that trend just continues for another like 10 or 15 or 20 years? I, I think you're going to look at consolidations of school districts, you know, countywide school districts. You know, I, again, I think there's, you know, I don't want to be the one to go out there because a lot of jobs would be lost, right? Especially a lot of superintendent of jobs, right? But, but again, realistically, how do you save money and how do you create a better product? And if you look at going to countywide school districts, where you have one district-wide superintendent, you know, there's going to be a lot of cost savings there. But the other great thing that you can do, Josh, is you can set up different types of high schools, whether you're looking at the traditional regents exam, you're looking at performing arts, you're looking at a technology one, you're looking at farming and agriculture, you you could set up within your own county such great school districts. Yes, your elementary schools will pretty much be the same, but boy, you could really centralize and really do specialty high schools. And that's what our kids need because that's where there's relevance. That's where kids are, are going to, this is what they're interested in. I think your, your dropout rate will decline Yes, unfortunately, kids might be on buses a little bit longer. There's a lot of technical things that you would have to, to figure out with this. But, you know, if you continue to see these declining numbers, school districts need to start merging. And, and I think that conversation of countywide school districts are, are going to be huge. I mean, it, our county, what, what, what are we looking at for students in our county? Um, 9,000. 400 and now 2022 8840 yep. you know they they've got countywide school districts that have 400,000 kids down south end so you know this is still a tiny 8000 kids is is a small amount of children yes a lot of square square miles i i get that but you that's how you got to be strategic when you set up transportation and those type of things but I, I, I don't see anything else unless our, our taxes in New York State go way down and people say, we got to move back to New York State. Um, but with, with our taxes continuing to go up, you know, people are, are just leaving our area. What do you think, or I, when you think about that scenario happening, do you think that is something that the state eventually steps in and mandates? Or do you think districts start thinking about this, say like, 
you know, five years from now, especially with some of these districts that have, you know, well, like I'm looking at some of these districts in other parts of the region with, you know, 300, 400 students. I mean, at what point, at what point does the conversation start and who's starting it? Well, you know, and again, I, I think the state wants us to start having those conversations. And I can tell you here in Auburn in Cayuga County, we started having those conversations back in 2009 and 2010. Um, we, we did start at the table um, about at least consolidating services, right? So Auburn, we shared our business manager with BOCES. We shared our director of tech, uh, our, our facilities director with BOCES. We started doing shares on positions. You know, as I became superintendent, I said, this is crazy because we're the biggest school district in, in the county. Um, you know, we're the ones that really need a full-time you know, person here. Um, so, you know, I, I, I do think that there's going to be a lot of resistance and I think it's going to be resistance from, um, you know, administrators because we know we were not going to need as many of them. Right. Um, there's going to be resistance from parents because, um, you know, we've got huge rivalries. We've got to continue those rivalries. We can't be, but you can keep all of those things. Those are the things that people need to understand is we build new ones, right? So I, I think there's a lot of hurdles and obstacles, but I think there's strategic ways to get through it. But I think if school districts don't start having these conversations and our BOCES start having these conversations, the state at some point is gonna have to come in and take control of it. But I think they rather see us start the dialogue and start to figure it out before they have to intervene you know, I, I do remember um, their talk with Seneca Falls and Waterloo merging, um, you know, years ago. My kids were in high school at Seneca Falls at the time, and, and it, it never happened. And, and I saw some real good reasons why that merger would have been great. But the biggest one is, what about the rival between Waterloo and Seneca Falls, right? You know, that, those rivalries are huge. But but again, when you look at cost savings, yeah, you know, it might be six, seven years before you really start seeing those cost savings, but they are going to happen. And, you know, that that's another thing that um, I, I think a lot of our children could benefit with a countywide school district is every kid in our county, the spending would be the same for all of them. So, I, I, again, there's a lot of great reasons to start looking at that. But as you look at this enrollment, and, and if we continue to see it going down the way it is, unfortunately, you're, you're gonna get school districts that are, are gonna have 200 kids um, yeah. in their school district. And, you know, my buildings alone, I, I have, you know, 1300 kids at my, my high school. I've got 680 at my, my middle school. Some of my elementary schools have 500 kids in it. That's bigger than some school districts. So, you know, again, I, I think those conversations need to start happening so that we can control it before the state mandates us to do something. All right, Jeff, appreciate the time as always. Thanks for taking it. Josh, anytime. Thank you for having me. Um, hope you have a wonderful holiday. Josh, that was a great interview. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from it? So I, I think the the big takeaway from my conversation with uh, Jeff Pirazzolo there was 
his attitude towards uh, countywide districts and mergers. You know, his message was really clear, especially to um, those uh, leaders in smaller districts. Do it now before the state mandates that you do it. Because there's going to be, he, from his perspective, there's going to be a difference between uh, what the state mandates in terms of mergers and how that is executed and what that looks like in communities versus what um, school districts could come to themselves if they just started to reach across some borders and, and talk to other folks. Uh, another, another really interesting wrinkle here, I think, is that uh, homeschooling has become a big challenge for districts across the board. Um, enrollment decline has been something that, you know, the Finger Lakes region, Central New York, the Southern Tier schools have been dealing with for upwards of 40 years. But it's really accelerated since the pandemic, and that's largely because of homeschooling, the rise of homeschooling. And uh, interestingly enough, Jeff really honed in on the fact that now that we're starting to see this shift where there's more interest in homeschooling, he thinks there's going to be a pretty significant increase in the number of private companies that offer homeschooling services for parents and families who want to go that route. Um, and, and, you know, just the, the plain old reality that, you know, the average district is 20 to 25% smaller than it was 10 to 15 years ago. Wow. Like, that's, it's huge. Like, do you remember how many people were in your graduating class at Waterloo? Uh, I think it was between 100 and 125, and that was in 2015. So imagine the fact that now that the Waterloo is probably struggling to sit around 100 in That's that wild. graduating. And if you just start to run the clock on the numbers, the, the enrollment numbers that we're seeing, you start to, to realize that, you know, districts like the ones you mentioned during the sports segment, Romulus and South Seneca, yeah. they're two schools that, you know, combined may have uh, 60 kids in a class, uh, one single uh, graduating class. That is... At the end of the day, not enough long-term. There probably will be either merged districts or county districts sooner than later. It's just a matter of how quickly we're going to get there. Mm -hmm. But that's going to do it for this edition of Finger Lakes today. Remember, for the latest news, weather, sports, and podcasts, download the FingerLakes1.com app. Thanks for watching. Have a great day.